and you are tuned in to FCD Talk episode 15. Don't have the music like we normally do, uh, having laptop issues, so using the backup dinosaur laptop, but uh, we are here and present. Uh, and this is Ben, as always. And it's Preston, man. What a week it's been. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. We definitely do. Uh, so, uh, the Portland Tinder Timbers game was last week. We are playing uh, at Real Salt Lake this Saturday. And then also, we signed a new goalkeeper. So, we will talk about those things on the show. But probably one of the biggest stories from last game, and you brought this to my attention, was there was a lot of fans, 20 that were actually kicked out for foul language in the beer garden. Tell, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what was going on. Yeah, so there's been a bit of a crackdown across the league to eliminate uh, foul language, uh, which was later on discovered uh, due to uh, kicking out foul language and organized chants done by the supporters groups, not foul language uh, just in general, because it seems like that's going to be uh, – the nature of the beast. Whenever, uh, whenever you go to uh, to a game, you're going to hear foul language, no matter what. It's going to happen. But whenever it comes to uh, organized chants from supporters groups, that's uh, that's a little bit easier to regulate. And uh, that's something that FC Dallas has been cracking down on a little bit. Uh, wasn't necessarily brought to DBG's attention per se, so they were caught off guard and even. Uh, one of the one of the capos uh, got kicked out. One of the one of the chant leaders uh, as well. Uh, it was it's unknown whether uh, they got kicked out due to foul language and organized chant, or if it was uh, like a reactionary foul language. Uh, I'm unsure of that, but uh, this is something that's going to be happening a little bit more across the league uh, because the league is actually finding these clubs. Uh, whenever foul language is used, it's just it's just dependent on whether the club wants to pay those fines or if they want to crack down uh, and try to eliminate the foul language. And with Dallas being uh, more of a family-friendly club per se, they really take pride in their youth and uh, they bring in like the a lot of the youth players in all the time. They want to they want to as big of a family environment as possible. So uh, you're seeing Dallas crack down more on it. If you go to like one of the bigger markets like Portland or Seattle, you're probably not going to see as big of a crackdown, which is unfortunate. I feel like that uh, this kind of regulation needs to be done by the league rather than rather than by the clubs. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think this also relates to the the Tim Howard. He had a, a interaction with a fan or a fan had an interaction with him and he his his thing was that you need to review what the fan said to me. So I think this is going to be something that's going to spread around. I think all uh, of MLS because I mean it, it's going to happen. That that goalkeeper is probably going to get the most uh, trash talk out of anybody because he's there the whole time. Uh, so more than likely, unless you know it's on the home side, but more than likely that person is going to get some type of interaction with uh, with the fans. So I think I think it's hard to to regulate even when you do a fan chant. I think I don't think it's as easy. Um, and even if we talk about baseball, you know, they had 
the the player Adam Jones that was had some racially things thrown at him in a game. So it's it's an all around sports thing, really, to quite be honest. And it's it is kind of hard to regulate, though. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, this originated from the beer guardians their their desire to get rid of the puto chants. Uh, which is a homophobic chant that in the Spanish language that has struggled its way into the United States. And uh, FC Dallas has taken a, a bit of a larger scale approach on it to eliminate bad language in general. Uh, the issue that I have with it, though, is that, uh, that there's not a fine line as to what is considered bad language and what isn't. Um, that's something that was not explicitly stated by the club or by the league. So... Whenever foul language is used in a chant, you're running the risk of getting kicked out because there's no definitive line as to what is what is okay and what isn't in the stadium. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree there. So 20 of the fans get kicked out. I know you know some people. I know some people that that that, that are beer guardians, and it's it's not called uh, the beer garden for nothing. I mean, there's there's beer being drunk there. There's uh, fans that are going to be uh, overly excited. There's fans that are going to yell out stuff that they shouldn't. Um, and it's something that, that I think the MLS as a whole needs to look at. But it's going to be very, very hard to to regulate it because then you, you you take the risk of pointing out someone who maybe didn't say something and that person getting kicked out of the game. And then what's the next step? Do you ban people? I mean, if they keep doing it, you know? For sure. I mean, I know that a good amount of those players, like not the players, but the fans that got kicked out, currently are serving a thirty-day thirty-day ban from the stadium, and uh, they receive a citation and all all that stuff. Uh, the other issue that's raised with it is that not everybody that's in the support that's in that supporter section are all members of the Dallas Beer Guardians. Uh, there are people that buy single game day tickets there that probably don't know the rules, and they may end up they may very well end up breaking the rules and it could be done without their knowledge that that they could get kicked out for using foul language in a chance because it's something that's been so custom the last 20 years with, you know, with the club and with the league. So if, I mean, if they're going to be taking this kind of approach and they need to be changing the guidelines for the, for the beer garden to have it just for season ticket holders or to not necessarily crack down on it as much and allow it for, uh, Allow allow for season ticket members that are part of the of the Dallas Beer Guardians season ticket members and single game day ticket holders. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting interesting as as we go forward. But wow, a thirty day uh, ban! I did not think that was going to be the the uh, I guess the, the suspension for the fans on that. But wow, that's that's interesting. All right, so yeah, it's. It's definitely a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least, for sure. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, so the game ended in a 2-2 tie. Uh, you know, I, I I had my hopes up way too high because this team uh, really challenged us, and I think it was part of it was us coming out slow early on. Um, you got Fernando ID getting a, a goal in the 30th minute. Uh, then we score a goal. Maxi gets one in the 61st minute. Sebastian Blanco, we talked about him last week. He ended up getting a goal in the 71st minute, and then Tesho actually saving it for us in the 80th minute and getting a goal. But what was your overall thoughts on the game? Uh, you know, it's 
I wasn't terribly surprised. Portland has one of the strongest attacks in the league. Uh, Fernando Adi is unbelievable. I personally didn't think that the foul that led to Adi's goal uh, was a foul. Uh, I feel like that uh, that the referee lost control of the game very early on and never really regained control. And uh, from I mean, just from my recent memory of this specific referee, uh, he has never been that kind towards Dallas. Uh, just just based off of recent memory, there's been a lot of needless fouls, a lot of needless cards given against Dallas. Uh, so I knew once I saw who was the ref, I knew that there was going to be some sort of trouble. Uh, my other issue is that uh, that Dallas is struggling defending set pieces again. And that's something that Dallas has struggled with uh, for the last few years. Um, it looks like that they were doing more of zonal defending rather than man-to-man because Fernando Adi is, was probably their biggest threat on the field since Diego Valeri was out with an injury and nobody was marking him because uh, both Zimmerman and Hedges were uh, were in their zones along with, I mean, along with several other defenders that they, I mean, it was clear that they were doing uh, zone marking rather than man to man. So that led to, that led to some issues. Uh, but I felt that Maxi's goal was very special. Uh, he had never, he had yet to score against Portland. Uh, the footwork that he had leading up to it, creating that, creating that small gap, shooting it past three defenders, uh, perfectly placed. I thought that was a very special goal that meant the world to him. Um, but I, I completely agree with the – going back full circle, I completely agree with the starting slow. Uh, Carter Baum was talking earlier today, and Dallas is the only team in MLS that is that is yet to score before the 30th minute. So that's something that Dallas needs to address and address quickly. Otherwise, we may be seeing a lot of come-from-behind games. Yeah, and that's that's a spot that I definitely don't want to send whenever you have a team that's always catching up from behind, always trying and trying to to uh, come back. That I, that that that's an issue. I mean, it's going to catch up to us sooner or later. So, I am hoping that we get that under control. And I did not know that stat. Um, and I was I was going to say also that I, I'm going to let you do the prediction first this time, and then I'll piggyback off of you, because you were right uh, last week. You were pretty clear that this wasn't going to be an easy game for us, and it, it, clearly it wasn't. Um, so on the, on the positive side, we still haven't lost a game. Um, I believe our positioning is still uh, very similar in the standings. Uh, I was actually going to check that right now. So I, I, uh, in, It's a mixture of one and two. Okay. Uh, some people yeah. are giving Orlando City the number one spot, and it's not necessarily due to Dallas struggling. It's just because Orlando City has been on fire they lately. Have been. And they I mean, I've got honestly, I've got, I've got no issues with that. Kyle Laren has been unbelievable for Orlando. He's definitely a special player who's going to do some incredible things in this league. Yeah. So we are currently third in the Western Conference at 15 points. Um, it's very, very early. So they are, Orlando is, uh, the top team right now at 18 points, Sporting KC at 18, Portland at 17, uh, New York Red Bulls in Toronto at 16. And then we're sitting right there at 15. So it's still early. Uh, but there are some things that we got to worry about, especially not scoring within the first 30 minutes. That's, uh, that's huge because if a team and that, that that's, that's kind of the thing going into this next game. 
against Real Salt Lake. We're playing at Real Salt Lake, and this is not also not going to be a an easy game, even though uh, Salt Lake is struggling right now. They're two, five, and two. So they've won two, lost five, and tied two. And so they're going through a little bit of a struggle. But I think the biggest story in this game is Javier Morales returning back to Real Salt Lake, which he said this may be his last time. So this is this. I think this is very special for him. Uh, but as a whole, the, the team definitely needs to get this this win. For sure, yeah. This is going to be a very special game for him. Uh, he was a fan favorite in Salt Lake City, and he still is. I mean, I know that he didn't want to leave Salt Lake, but there is a falling out between Javier Morales and ownership, and uh, it's that led to a little bit of bad blood between them. But he still has an incredible relationship with his with his former teammates and with the fans there. It's definitely something very special, and uh, I'm happy to see him return to Salt Lake City to have a bit of a reunion. Um, but with Real Salt Lake as a whole, they were the first team this season to fire their manager, uh, Jeff Kassar, and they now have Mike Petke, who is a very talented young manager. They had their honeymoon period one, two back-to-back games, but have struggled since then. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now. They have a big list of injuries. Uh, aside from Chris Schuler, who's out on a red card, uh, here's the list of injured players. Jordan Allen, Aaron Mond, Tony Beltran, Justin Glad, Nick Romando, and Kyle Beckerman. Those last two names are huge uh, to be out of their lineup. Uh, those are two very impactful players. Nick Romando has been uh, – an incredible goalkeeper for Real Salt Lake over the last several years. And Cal Beckerman, I mean, who, I mean, who does not know and who does not love Cal Beckerman? Uh, he's a powerful defensive midfielder with dreadlocks that are just as powerful. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be, that's going to be a huge, that's going to be a huge miss for them. Uh, you know, not much of their front line has changed. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they have Joel Plata, Yuri uh, Mavisian and, uh, the new the new players uh, Brooks Lennon. He's a uh, I believe he's 18 or 19 years old. He's on loan from uh, my my personal favorite club Liverpool, and he's made quite the impact uh, with Salt Lake. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's originally from that area, so it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a reunion. But he's uh, he's made quite the impact uh, for for Salt Lake City, and he could potentially be a player to look out for. But overall, with their injury with their injury list, they're they're running a bit bare, and uh, this uh, this may be a bit of an easier game, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think this. Uh, since you said that, I will agree with you and say I think this will be. Um, but the this is a a pretty fun fact about this game. It looks like I'm looking on uh, Real Salt Lake's website and it says buy two tickets and receive. A Javi bobblehead. So that's, um, I think, pretty cool. I mean, he's no longer with the team, but they they were going to be giving out a Javi bobblehead with him, of course, in a real Salt Lake jersey. Obviously, you're not going to give one out with him in an FC Dallas jersey. But right. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that's a pretty cool tribute. Uh, I think he'll, he'll probably get a, you know, a standing ovation for, from the, the majority of the fans. And I know he – It'd be well-deserved. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, let's talk about the matchups. You did bring up a name. Uh, the person, the, the guy that's replaced uh, 
uh, hobby, uh, Albert Rusnik, uh, who's a newcomer. He's replaced uh, Javi, and he's the, the matchup is him versus Carlos Garizo. So I know they're, they're mentioning that this would be an interesting matchup because Rusnik has three assists uh, on Rosal Lake's nine goals this season. Uh, so talk a little bit about what you think about that matchup between those those two. You think uh, Garizo may get the advantage? Uh, I think so. Grezo's been in red-hot form lately. Um, I, I'm i looking at uh, Rusnik's uh, stats right now. Yeah, he's got three assists. Uh, he's got two goals as well. That's actually fairly impressive. So he's been very involved in a lot of what's been going on. So uh, look, I mean, looking at his stats, he could be uh, providing a little bit more of an impact. I mean, he just came from – uh, the Dutch league. Uh, so he's got, he's got some good experience coming in, but uh, looking on who scored uh, his weaknesses are, are finishing and tackling. I feel like that's something that Carlos Grezo could really take advantage of because uh, Grezo is a very good tackler. So that could provide, I mean, that could provide a very good matchup, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The other matchup is Maxi versus uh, Justin Smith. So he's uh, in the lineup because of Chris Schuler, like you mentioned, has a one-game suspension. He is a 2017 Super Draft player, and he's likely going to start alongside uh, Chris Wingert. Wingert. So um, I think he, he's going to – Justin Smith is going to have a tough matchup because obviously Maxie is is playing in rare form right now. He's leading the, the team in goals. So I, I'm going to give the advantage to Maxi on this, especially with this this uh, Justin Smith being a, a rookie and this right out of the Super Draft. Uh, There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. So I'm definitely leaning towards Maxi in the advantage on this one. That's definitely fair to say. I'm thinking that Chris Wingert will uh, be marking Javier Morales more there. Uh, Wingert is in his – I mean, he's in his 30s as well. He's been with the club for um, a hot minute now. Uh, I, I think that uh, with their experience playing together, I think that that'd be a stronger matchup with Javier Morales against Chris Wingert and Justin Smith. I mean, uh, it's great that he's getting these opportunities as a rookie, um, being able to play uh, some meaningful minutes. And for all we know, this could be a game where he breaks through because whenever rookies get their chance, they want to make the most out of it. So he could be, there's a good chance that he could play the game of his career or it could be a case where uh, Maxi rolls over him. I, I feel like that there's a little bit too much of an unknown whenever it comes to Schmitz. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the rookies, they want to make a name for themselves, really. They want to get more playing time. They want to let the coach know that I'm, I am the guy. I can stay on the field. I can play long periods of time. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big name on the team. So I, I can definitely see him wanting to make a name for himself in this game. All right, so to the key to get three points, you definitely can't start off slow. Uh, I think the defense does need to bounce back because, like you said, um, the set pieces giving up multiple goals in the first uh, and the and uh, I believe past games. Um, so we we are a little bit of a struggle here. Uh, but what what's your your keys into to uh, to getting the three points? You know, I'm thinking. Uh... I'm thinking start out strong. That's gonna. Be, I think the whole not scoring before the 30th minute. I think that's. I think that's a legitimate issue, and 
I do wonder if it is a tactical issue because I, I, from what I've noticed, that the team, that FC Dallas really opens up after they make substitutions in the second half and actually switch to a four-four-two rather than the four-two-three-one. Uh, so I'm not, to be perfectly honest, I don't think four-two-three-one is the best thing for Dallas right now, um, and that could that could lead to some struggles early on in the first half, and uh, we could be seeing we could be seeing seeing the same thing that we saw. Uh, against Portlanders and Sporting Kansas City where uh, we're a bit stale starting out and we may need to make some changes. Uh, I, To be honest, I don't know why Michael Barrios hasn't been starting. Uh, it bugs me a little bit, uh, but I do trust Brian Hyde. I know that he has a plan in place, but I believe that Michael Barrios is one of the more talented wingers in the league and keeping him on the bench, uh, I just don't think it's very, I don't think it's very useful. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Barrios, uh, in last season, he had a, a good year. I mean, towards the end, he did kind of tell off. But, I mean, he has an advantage over a lot of these players or like the younger players on this team. So, that that is that is a head-scratcher, and, I, and I, I don't get that either. I think that's – I don't know. Maybe there's something deeper into that that maybe we don't know. But, yeah, that is a little bit of a, of a confusing situation right there. Yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting. Yeah, and then last game he was, I believe he subbed in for, uh, I think that was. Rogan I think it was Javier Morales. Oh, he did. I'm actually checking it right now, but yeah, yeah, you, you could be right. Yeah, I mean that's now going into this game, I'm pretty certain Javier Morales is probably going to start. Um, and I don't know. I'm confident in that also. Yeah, I don't. I, I think with with Poppy, I know he is. He, he's a guy that's that's a, like a player's coach. At least that's the vibe that I get. So I think he he's going to start Harvey and Morales just because this is a former team, and uh, so we may. It looks like we're going to see. Might see Marco Barrios coming off the bench again. Yeah, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that Javier Morales will probably get 60 minutes. And get subbed off, and we'll switch back to that four four two. I'm curious as to whether we're going to see Christian Coleman. I'm still very intrigued by him. Uh, I do think that it is. I, I do applaud Pereira for putting him on the bench uh, the week before uh, he started doing that. We were we were talking about that uh, the struggles with Christian Coleman and Roland Lamar, uh, and then just not necessarily delivering. And I think with Coleman as young as he is, I think getting him out of the spotlight. Uh, and under the magnif- out of the magnifying glass, I think that will ultimately pay. Like I think it'll, re- I think it'll really pay off. Uh, getting him off the bench for at least the next few games, and then getting him back in the starting lineup once he finds a little bit of form. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I think you know, you he, he was out there early. Uh, he was. It was. I think there's. He's, he's trying to get that goal, and you know we talked about the pressure. We've been talking about that for a while, but I think I think that's a wise choice, and I think this is where we we again just have to trust what uh, Perea is doing, and and know that he has the the caliber to coach these guys. Uh, so that leads into this moment of the show that FC Dallas has signed a new goalkeeper. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, Want to give a thanks to to press him for sending that information to me because I did not, I was not aware of that. That information came out this week. So Carlos uh, Avilas, Avilas, 
uh, he was signed to the to a USL contract, which is the the I guess one of the first of its kind. I know I haven't heard of this either, but he was on starting goalkeeper for the 2016 U, uh, U16 team uh, for the U.S. Soccer Development Academy champions, and he's young. He's 18 years old. Uh, but this is a very interesting signing. I know we didn't have a third goalkeeper, but he's going to be assigned to Oklahoma City Energy FC. But uh, what's your thoughts on this on this new signing here? Yeah, just just to break down a little bit because this is very unique. Uh, so Carlos Aviles signed a USL contract, not an MLS contract. It is still technically a homegrown contract, though. So he is not eligible to play for the FC Dallas first team. If he does get loaned out, uh, he would he would be loaned out to Oklahoma City Energy. Uh, but in the meantime, he will still be playing for the U18. Uh, FC Dallas is only allowed to do four, uh, four of these contracts per season. Uh, basically, the, the reason why they signed him to a contract is because uh, I, I, I believe that this is more of protection to – uh, to prevent uh, guys like him from getting signed to foreign clubs. Because uh, we've seen that quite a bit last season with some of our top talents getting plucked off, getting plucked off to go to Mexico or to Europe. So uh, Carlos Aviles is a very, he's a talented player. Uh, I personally have not seen that much of him, but uh, he is a national championship winning goalkeeper and they want to, I mean, they want to keep him. Um, uh, in terms of me, in terms of third keeper, in, in terms of the third goalkeeper situation, uh, FC Dallas did sign J- Jacob Listic to a full year loan from Oklahoma City. Uh, this does not mean that Carlos Aviles will be loaned out to Oklahoma City because they already have three other goalkeepers on their roster. So I don't see uh, Aviles moving to Oklahoma anytime soon. Uh, I, I believe that this is more so just to get him under a professional contract and to keep him from getting plucked away to another club. Yeah. And I think that's smart. I think the FC Dallas doesn't want to get caught in that situation where they end up losing a top player somewhere else. And I think, uh, I think you're, you're exactly right there. This is kind of like a keep keep him away from other teams because we want to keep him in our organization and not let him, not him, not, excuse me, not let him get away from us. So I uh, totally agree here. So Jacob Listic is is uh, going to be on the roster. He may already be on the roster right now. But, um, yeah, did not know that. So, man, you, you have your ear to the, the streets, the ear to the grindstone for, for FC Dallas. So you guys out there listening, make sure you tune in every single week to FCD Talk. Preston is always on top of his game. I'm always going to probably mess up a name, and that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, it makes There's it, a good it makes, chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes the show fun. So, uh, But we got, a, we got a great matchup this Saturday against Real Salt Lake. Uh, make sure you check out uh, all the shows on All In Sports Talk. Go download the app. We've got uh, Toronto. We've got uh, Toronto FC, excuse me, Toronto Talk, or I believe it's uh, – that we have that show going TFC on, talk. TFC Talk, yeah. excuse me, uh, going on. So go down on the app, the app on Google Play or iTunes. Also on SoundCloud, check out the shows. 
Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in. And I'm Ben. I'm just pressing. Y'all have a great week. Go see Dallas. Let's go.